Welcome to the Double A Sports Podcast, minor league feel with major league discussion. Here are your hosts, Alan and Alan. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Double A Sports Podcast. We are your hosts, Alan and Alan, and this is episode number 25. Quarter of a hundred. Hey, we made it. Uh, at least here in <laughs> at least now that we ten ha- days, right? We're gonna actually have baseball to talk about. Hell, there's gonna be baseball. We kind of talk because I know at least Mets and Yankees have scrimmage, uh, two scrimmage games this weekend. All right, so at least we're gonna have some baseball. So we might as well get right into it with the sixty game schedule. So of course, this all finally came out our last week being hiatus since Alan's on vacation. I just took some time Ooh. to do some stuff. So. We're back. And the biggest thing, which I think they did it right by starting off opening night with Yankees and Nationals. Yeah. Why not? It's kick it off seven o'clock on, on ESPN. Then right after there's another game with Giants at Dodgers at 10. So there's only two games opening night Thursday. And both those games would be games that I would be interested in watching. Yeah. It's not like some random teams. I'm like, I don't care about these two guys. Those are good teams. Yeah. And the next day, everyone else starting at four o'clock is Braves at the Mets on ESPN. Then you have Tigers at Reds. Blue Jays at Rays, Brewers at Cubs, Marlins at Phillies, Royals at Indians, Orioles at Red Sox, and then the first game in Rangers' new stadium is Rockies at Rangers at 8 o'clock. Then you have Twins, White Sox, Pirates, Cardinals, Mariners, Astro, Diamondbacks, Padres, Giants, and Dodgers, and then an Angels at A's is the last game on ESPN that day at 10 o'clock. Yeah, man, I can't wait. We're less than 10 days away. I mean, we're the 23rd, right? And yeah, we're it's coming. I can't wait. I know. So you know, best matchup starting. You know, you pick it out is of course the Yankees, the Nationals. They'll finally get to raise the banner. They are got their rings already this week since they're pretty much at training camp or summer camp, as they've been calling it. Of course, the Rangers' new stadium at Globe Life Field the next day. Um, Angels and A's that week. Of course, that means Sunday. There's a possibility that Shohei Otani will be pitching for the first time in 23 months. Oh wow! I can't believe it's been that long. Right, his first game since September 2nd, 2018, on the mound. I want to. I can't wait to see a full year with that guy doing his thing. Yeah. So we get a little sample this year, you know. So he will go at least once a week, which um, John Madden said. And then I was surprised that they kept the Field of Dreams game, but they changed the opponent. Okay. So it was supposed to be White Sox and Yankees. So it's going to be Cardinals at White Sox. Cardinals and White Sox. So that is now August 13th, the the Field of Dreams game. All right. And then Dodgers at Angels, August 14th or 16th is a big series where you've got five MVPs that have won nine of its awards. Mike Trout, Pujols, Bellinger, Mookie Betts, and Clayton all in the same series. And then the last matchup I think I had – well – they're going to do a honor of the 100 year of the Negro Leagues on August 16th. Madison Baumgartner gets a chance to face the Giants in August back in San Francisco. That'd be one to watch. Uh, they changed Jackie Robinson Day um, to August 28th, which is really the um, March of Washington in 1963 for the color barrier. Okay. Um, White Sox at Pirates in September is going to be a Roger, Robert Comente Day to celebrate across MLB. And then this one. I bet fans wish. Okay. Astros at Dodgers, September 12th and 13th. Will there be fans in the stands? And <laughs> for September? that one. Yeah. Uh, at the rate things are going, I'm going to say no. Florida's yeah. jumping out the window, even but here God, at home. God, just think about with the scandal coming out, Dodger fans, <laughs> Astros coming to town, man. Whew. Yeah, that would be something to be interested in. When did the um, 
Astros play first their first game. Uh, you, did you say who it was? They are at I think they're at somewhere right. No, they host the Mariners. Mariners at nine o'clock. Okay, so I, I don't really see the Mariners throwing at any of these guys. No, but it's gonna happen. It's gonna be that first like team. It's got. Oh. All right. So. Well, well, now that we got some games in front of us, who has the hardest schedule this year? So there was three big teams that stuck out to me. One is Toronto Blue Jays. Right. The Blue Jays are already in a tough division, and now you're throwing them in, into the NL East, yeah. which isn't no slump either. So they played 46 of their 60 games against teams that finished 500 or better last year, with 20, of course, with the Yankees and Rays. And the desire to hot start is not looking good, too, because based on their win percentage against opponents, they had the third hardest schedule through August 6th. That's the first two weeks of the season. Yeah. That's tough. And the next is, unfortunately, our New York Mets. Look, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. <laughs> so just like the Blue Jays, Mets would not have much postseason shot if they were in another division, but because half their games come from play- to pl- uh, teams that made the playoffs last year. The first two weeks combined for a uh, f- uh, 571 win percentage last season, giving the Mets the most difficult schedule in baseball through August 6th. It doesn't get much better down the stretch. The final 10 games comes against the Braves, three games, Rays, three games, and Nationals, four games. Three playoff contenders with among the best pitching staff in baseball. Right. And speaking of pitching staff, I saw a stat that like MLB.com had that ranked their best pitching rotations this year. And in the top 10 were the Yankees, the Mets, and the Nationals. Nationals were one. Then it was like... Mets were like eight. The one I that think. shocked me was the Reds. Yeah. I was like, I understand. Like They're not proven, but okay. And Cleveland, even though they traded two pitchers away, they're still in the top 10. It's shocking. Yeah, I mean, it's just hearsay now. I mean, we'll find out when the season gets started. But to have that as a preseason and to think that it, the, this division, like you said, the toughest schedules you have, you have somebody from the AL East and the NL East. Yeah. And it's just that whole era. Yeah, right when we heard that they're going to stick to regional, I'm like, yeah. well, our division just came even harder. Exactly. I was like, because you broke it down, two of the final eight teams from the AL was in that division. Two of ours were in the final eight of the playoffs. It's like, it's like, man, we're about to have a rough. But, that, but that's good though, because whatever teams come out of there are going to be ready for the uh, the yeah. long the postseason. And then three, well, four of the teams really. Texas Rangers, their schedule is not hard at the beginning, but it's their travel schedule. They have the most miles that they're going to be traveling this season with fourteen thousand miles. Um, breaking down, so September 15th, the Rangers play a three-game series against the Astros in Houston, which is central time. From there, they log more than 1,500 miles from Houston to Anaheim to play four games in, against the Angels in Pacific time. Then before a quick two-game set in Phoenix with the Diamondbacks, because Arizona does not abide by the daylight savings time, their games we played under Mountain Standard time lastly, then they fly to Arlington and central time for the final four games against the Astros. Okay. And then... Unfortunately, three the three worst records by win percentage of the opponents is Angels, and then the two worst teams of baseball last year are really the Marlins and Orioles, because yet they face in the two divisions that are going to be the hardest. Hmm. Easiest schedules is kind of some familiar names that we think that might could do it this year. Twins have the best easiest schedule for opponents. Then it goes Indians, Cardinals, White Sox, Dodgers, and Rays. Oh, great. Give the Dodgers an easy schedule, why don't you? <laughs> right? So it's very interesting. Like, when they broke it down, like, like okay. This, and then when I saw the Mets schedule down the stretch, those the Braves, Rays, and Nationals, I'm like, oh, they would do that to us. 
Yeah, man. But the the same thing I'm thinking though is like we said, it's a sprint this year. So who knows how these teams are going to act when they barely have any days to rest? Yeah, like they're really like I print the schedule. I sh- I'll show it to you after we record this. It's weird seeing next year's schedule and then this year's <laughs> schedule. Like, God, where's half the paper? It's like a sample. <laughs> it is like you like like look at these two papers. <laughs> so um, and the funny thing is MLB. Has a challenge for opening day. Yeah, I like it, man. I'm I'm definitely going to be part of this challenge. What's so, up? 15 games over two days. You pick, and I guess the who has the best record is going to get a hundred thousand dollars. That's amazing. And and remember, don't forget to do your picks for your century. Are they starting it over? Or yeah, something? they're they, since there's no games yet. You can still put your time in. I saw it the other day. Ah, oh, man. That, who's going to keep so track this, of that, man? This season is going to be even harder to pick now, if you think about it. Like, you thought about how many. So, it's, Well, if you uh, – yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So. All right. Well, um, so now that we went about the challenge on opening day, the MLB has released their 2021 schedule. Yeah, usually you get that in, like, August. So I guess since they have downtime, they go ahead and they change it They might as well knock up. it out because they're going to have more things to worry about when the season actually starts. Yeah. Um, so the game plan is April 1st, opening day in 2021, is actually going to be, if I remember correctly, which is begin the 30 megs. All 30 teams are going to play that Thursday. Okay. So not like, like some played that Thursday, right. some played that right. Friday. So everybody's, yeah, Everyone's cool. going to be playing Thursday. So this will be the first time. I remember seeing the year, it was like, since, oh, yeah, since 1968, where all teams are going to be playing on the same day. There will be 10 divisional matchups along with 15 games. And then additional is going to be interleague with like Tampa Bay at Miami, Twins at Milwaukee, Giants at um, Seattle, and then six games are scheduled Friday. The full slate will be played on Saturday and Sunday with thirteen contests. Okay. Um, interleague they changed it up this year, kind of pretty much what they did this year. Interleague is going to be regional defined, so of course AL East will play NL East, Central, so on. And the biggest thing I think that I liked what they did was with New York Mets and Yankees. It's going to be the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Yankees are going to be playing in New York at, at Mets. Okay. On September 11th, the latest they've ever played each other. Well, it sounds like they need to get Mike Piazza over there. Oh, he's got to be throwing out the first pitch. I have, uh, first I'm pitch saying. I'm saying. So, Who else? Um, and then, of course, they play July 4th. Okay. Nice. At Yankees. Okay. So, that's, that's fair. A um, couple other ones. Uh, let's see. Other highlights of the schedule. Dodgers will begin their home schedule with three games against the Washington Nationals on April 9th and 11th. Uh, Braves will host the Cardinals on Father's Day weekend rematch of their division series last year. Of course, the All-Star game next year is going to be in Atlanta for the first time since um, 2000. Uh, final game of the regular season is going to be October 3rd with 12 division games. Um, so, Atlanta, huh? Yep. I wonder if we can make it. <laughs> it's not that far drive. Like, Check our, it out. Our best, our best would have been going to D.C. Yeah, and unfortunately. So... <laughs> But, yeah, so it's going to be an interesting schedule. We'll see if nothing changes, which I don't think we'll see. You know, who knows? It's too far ahead. But Yeah, we're not going to worry about that until we get there. We're focusing on this 60-game season right now. Yeah, so first thing first we got to talk about since we've been gone, last time we talked, there's four players who opted out, excuse me, that decided not to want to play this season. Well, the list has grown, of course, over the last pretty much two weeks. Yeah, a couple of big names have been thrown out there. Yeah. So first thing first, I have David Price from the Dodgers. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, I was uh, like, after that trade, I exactly. Was like, yeah, I was like, mm. um, that's a big that's a big hit for them because that's that's a key player. So uh, that's something to look out for alone, right there. Yeah. So 
Um, the next one is Tyson Ross of the Giants. Okay. Uh, of course, Joe Ross is the brother who who declined playing for the Nationals. So uh, Felix sense. Hernandez of the Braves, trying yep. to get a comeback story, he decided that he decided to opt out. Then we have Nick Marquez of the Braves. Ah, a lot of brass back-to-back Braves right there. That's not good. Buster Posey of the Giants, which is a nice story why he did. Yeah. Um, Michael Kocek of the White Sox, which is very shocking. Yes, and, and not only did Kopech say he's not playing, the managers are actually worried about him. Yeah, some of the depression and stuff going on, they're worried about him. Yeah, so that's that's another story that we have to keep an eye on yeah. and see what's going on with him. Especially you know, after Tommy John and everything, he thought he was going to be ready. They're like this guy – High potential. They thought this could be the year, and then so he decides to walk away. Especially with the team he's on, like yes. like you and I have both been praising the White Sox for how that good they could be. Pitching staff, and all, they drafted nothing but pitching again this exactly. year. And then the last um, was another pitcher, which was as of yesterday, is Jordan Hicks of the Cardinals. Of course, he had Tommy John, so he missed last season. So everyone expected him back this year, and but he opts out because of his health concerns. Okay. So it's nothing real, real. Big and shocking. We knew this was going to eventually come. But now, certain of these players are going to give shots to other players, like Posey. Mm-hmm. You have the top prospects. You took two catches back-to-back. Is it time to maybe give your top prospect a chance? Right, and with all these pitchers, like you said, all these players, that are, some of these key players, like Posey might not be a key player right now because he is starting to get over there. Yeah. I would transfer him to first base eventually, if not already. Majority um, of these people have been pitchers. That's what I'm saying, the pitchers. And that's good because these prospects can get up there and show what they got. Or if you're in a good situation like the Mets are, we lost a pitcher, but guess what? We had a sixth spot anyway. So yeah, now we had we... someone fighting for exactly. it. Exactly. So all right, yeah. Well, so, well. Speaking of players and opting out, what about these positive COVID players? These these players have been testing positive. So of course they know they didn't have to tell people who's positive. I who's thought they not. weren't going to tell people. That was my under yeah, my impression. They um, weren't. They're going to keep it secret. Yeah, like there's the big question. Um, with Mets is Robinson Cano finally showed up to practice today. He has been there for the last week and a half. Was he positive? But they haven't said anything. So right. I guess it's on a team by team or a player basis. Like, yeah, sure, go ahead and tell them kind of thing. So starting with, I have it broke down by team and because there's not just a couple players. So Arizona, you had Junior um, Guerrera and Semino Blancho tested positive. Um, was report told by reporters on July fifth. Three days later, um, another p- player from their team tested positive. Atlanta Braves have four players that tested positive. Man, the Braves are getting beat up so far. The biggest one is Freddie Freeman. Yes, Freddie Freeman. Which he has a fever. It's going to be a while before he can rejoin the team, so he most likely will miss the start of the season. And in my opinion, he's probably, well, God, the Braves are so good, but he's definitely one of the best players on the team. Yeah. I would put him ahead of Bryce Harper right now, but I don't know about Acuna Jr., they got a great players. Yeah. But they can't um, afford to miss Freeman. No. He's a power hitter that they need. Your first baseman, your, Absolutely your core, not. your guy. Yeah, no. um, infielder Pete um, Kozma, right, uh, right-handed pitcher, Toik, um, Tosaint, and then Will Smith. So they had four players. Okay. Um, Red Sox has, uh, was it, one, two, three players, no, four players. Um, no one big name. Looks like all prospects and pitchers. Um Cubs, they said two staff members, but no players so far. So, so I'm like, that's a good thing. White Sox have two players tested positive. Both players are isolated away from the team. No names. Uh, Rockies, Charlie Blackman. Blackman, yes. That was the big one um, for them. Uh, Kansas City Royals, uh, Xavier Perez tested positive. Um, and then 
Brad Keller and Ryan O'Hare tested positive as well for the Royals. Oh, Salvador Perez is a pretty big loss right there. Especially if missing last year, he's ready to prove, and then now yeah. this. So um, Angels had two players um, with mild symptoms, no names. Dodgers, their big one is, of course, um, just a couple days ago, Kelly Jansen reported that he tested positive. So um, Marlin has four positives, according um, to sources, but no identify at the time because they have the right to the privacy. Milwaukee, uh, Luis um, Reyes tested positive. Lefter, uh, Eric Lavu. So Lavu himself did not test positive, but must go through protocol because someone that he come in contacted. So uh, Minnesota Twins, you got Nick Jordan, Nick Gordon, Edward. Um, Cologne, and then, of course, Miguel Sano. That was the big one for them. Um, Mets said they have one player tested positive, um, but no unnamed, of course, which I think could have been Robinson Cano. Could have been. So Yankees have two as of right now. Um, actually, no, three, because um, Chapman just got positive news. So And then LeMahieu is the other big name for them. Uh, Oakland... Uh, they have two players. Phillies, of course, before all this happened, they have seven players and five staff members tested positive before all this. Pirates, they had two players. Uh, Cardinals had two players. Padres, um, their outfitter, Tommy, Tommy Palm, tested positive. And then two other players. Giants have two individuals that tested positive. And, of course, last year's first-round pick also tested positive, Hunter B- Bishop. And then we have Seattle. There's more than one player that has been shut down. Joey Gallo, the Texas Ranger, tested positive. And, of course, two national players have tested positive. And then Juan Soto has been isolated because he was in contact with one of those players. And then, of course, Superman and Ross opted out. Right. Well, what I'm saying is we haven't even started yet. And these this many players are testing positive. What happens when we start getting into it and they get more and more people together? The first thing that... Uh, Really interesting is today, or was it yesterday? Um, Clint Fazer of the Yankees said he's going to wear a mask at a bat. Yeah, I saw I saw a couple of people talking about that. I was because yeah, because everyone was like wondering, and, and the whole NFL thing I thought was hilarious was swapping jerseys. They can hit each other and everything, but, <laughs> but can't, can't swap, swap jerseys. jerseys. Like okay, right. but it is a question: like, should you wear a mask at the bat because you are close to the ump and? To the catcher, so it's, but then you're on base, so it's a it's yeah. Well, well, my thing is, I saw somebody else had a video, and this isn't making me think of this. Is that uh, they were? T- I think it might have been at uh, Boston or one of the stadiums. They were putting locker rooms. In, Boston in the in suites. The suite. makes perfect sense. It, it I love does, that. It does, and and because my, my thing is, these guys are going to be together. They're going to be. Are they going to? Are they going to separate them on the buses? They're going to take more buses, mm-hmm. or or how are they going to do this? But when I'm thinking in the locker room, everybody's right there. Yeah. So if you're putting people in the suites and yeah. different locker rooms, that's fine. Yeah. Red Sox did two per suite. They got to do perfect. something like this. And, of course, like Mets um, announced today that their second location for summer camp is Brooklyn. So they sent some of the players, the minor Cyclones play. Yeah, to to their camp there. So they're starting to separate them more now since we are about 10 days away. But that's my thing is they're going to have to have separation to this whole thing. And it's not going to work the best in the dugout. So it's something to keep an eye on because this season could get shut down just as quickly as it got started. Yeah, it's going to be a big test. Like we'll find out definitely in the next Week, especially like after Yankees and Mets play, we'll see how that goes. See how it's acting exactly because it is going to be on SNY. 
both games, so it's, we can watch it from there to see. I, don't, I haven't really heard of any other teams scheduling yet. Um, so they're allowed three games, so it makes sense for them well, to play two. All I'm saying is, if this is a good test for the other sports too, because if baseball can't make it happen, there's no way the NFL is going to get through that. Soccer's doing it, but they have some weird time schedule. Well, apparently, everyone's loving the NBA because they took the weekend off and went golfing and all that stuff. But of course, they've been breaking the bubble as food getting delivered and stuff. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, they've been playing baseball in South Korea in our KBO, and they've been doing fine. Yeah. But for some reason, here in in the, in the states, man, it's not the same story. Yeah, definitely, it's uptick, and other countries are worried. So it's it's interesting. So next thing, you know, some injuries in MLB. Um, we got a couple last couple of days, some big names. Like one is one of your players that you like, uh, Christian Walker. Apparently hurt his groin. He's questionable for the start of season. Cole Hamels, his triceps, is questionable for the start of season. Uh, Richie Martin um, apparently broke his wrist, so he's definitely out for the season. Uh, Rizzo is questionable for his back. And then Byron Buxton, something happened during practice yesterday. He was tracking on the ball, and um, they're saying his foot, so he's questionable. And then Aaron Judge still thought maybe he was ready to go, maybe for these games next this weekend. And he apparently hasn't really been swinging too much, and now he has a stiff back to go along with the cracked ribs. Yeah, it's not a good combination. So it's like, what's going on with your star player? So not only do your ribs crack, your back hurts, you can't cheat this year. This is going to be bad for Judge. <laughs> yeah. It is very, yeah, so, but, you know, it's, he has, what, what we said, 10 days. We'll see if maybe he plays one of the games this weekend. It's Friday, Saturday. Okay. Um, I bet they're going to try to hope to get him out there to see how he reacts, how he feels, at least for an inning or two, or who knows. All but, right, well, on to other news. Um, so, apparently, the Blue Jays cannot leave the hotel. So, the biggest thing before, you know, summer camp started, we thought that, Blue Jays were going to have to go to Buffalo for practice yeah, because yeah. they did not open up the fly into Canada yet until, like, I think it was, like, two days before the season was supposed to start. So, like, okay, they're going to Buffalo. Well, they end up got to go to Toronto, but they have a hard bubble. <laughs> of course, if you have, don't know that Toronto Stadium is attached to a Marriott hotel. Okay. So, only allowed to be at that hotel and then down for practice. Which isn't the worst thing in the world. It's not. Where else are you going to go? I mean... So, the biggest thing, I guess, is because... What they were told is pretty much you've got to come into this, the country. You're under two weeks quarantine. Like, okay, it's fine. For two weeks, we'll be sure. 14 days in our hotel. Sure. But now it's coming out that if you leave the hotel or the stadium, you're facing a $750,000 fine. Whew. Yeah, that's <laughs> nuts. Like, man. Yeah. So, whew. Um, the new Blue Jays first baseman, Travis Shaw, who was signed a free agent, was the first to reply to some sweet, some tweets that, of course, was later deleted. We were told two weeks, not all summer, not all summer is a little bit, he tweeted. All summer isn't going to happen. That's not my opinion. But, of course, now with the U.S. having almost 60,000 new cases a day and Canada only roughly having 300, this could be a big issue for MLB and Canada evolving the um, teams going in Absolutely. to Toronto. So now there is a possibility where Blue Jays are going to have to maybe play in Buffalo. 
And I would, I would think so, because especially if you have to go cross-border to play in Canada, and what if they're doing, like, a, a testing, like, if your temperature is running too hot, and then we can do if half your guys can't get in for some stupid reason like that. So if, if you fall by what they're saying is every time they come back in town, they have to be quarantined for 14 days. Right. So, so how, they're stuck at the hotel. Exactly. What do you, how, yeah, how can you do, what are you going to do in that situation? Yeah, but like I said, with the, the glowing ticket, you know, of cases here in America, it's, Canada is probably, if, you know, if we were close, like doing the 300 a day each, they're probably like, okay, yeah, let's make us work. But now it's getting interesting. Well, if the Blue Jays aren't able to play in their stadium, then I'm going to say they have a tough schedule already because they have a disadvantage. They're not playing at home. They're no. playing in some places as a random site. Might as well be it's a... It's the AAA sites. Yeah. And they're not going to have the lights like it is. The, you know, the... Not the same feel at all. The dugout and everything. Disadvantage, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so not only that, the Blue Jays also are going to do something this year. They're going to be honoring Tony Fernandez. Yeah, all we know, like, earlier this year, um, he passed away at age 47. Um, he was a member of the Blue Jays, level excellent, five-time All-Star, nearly 1,500 games with the team over four different stints between 1979 and 2001. Um, the CEO of the Blue Jays said there's a few players in the game that can impact a team and a fan base the way Tony did for Toronto. Uh, beyond his impressive career numbers, achievements, accolades, Tony... Uh, reconciled with baseball fans because of how he played the game and connected with his teammates. To wear a patch's memory is to honor exceptional life on the behalf of the Blue Jays fans across the country. And of course, they're going to wear the number one in honor for him that looks just like Blue Jays' original style fronts inside a black circle. So it's just a, perhaps the stint with the team is, is not is so a nice touch. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, so it's very interesting. So I'm glad they did something for him. All right, next thing we were going to talk about should Puig sign with the Orioles, but of course, <laughs> different news has happened. Puig yep. has signed with the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, today I got notification that Puig signed with the Braves, and it makes sense based on the players who are currently injured or have opted out for the the Braves. I mean, they, what was the outfit they lost? Marquez. Uh, Marquez, exactly. So now you need another one. It's fine. Puig is probably the best option, especially if you're on a team like the Braves. The Braves are trying to win. They need to replace elite players with elite players. Not saying Puig is still elite, but he could be. He batted 269 last year between two teams, I believe. Yeah, um, it wasn't great, but he was a pretty decent. But based on his track record, I think he has what it takes to, to fill in for the spot, assuming his attitude's okay. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. And no details, of course, yet. Cause, and it's got to be weird because, you know, with the, the percentage, like how do you negotiate actually what the, like how much it's going to be? Or like this is what we would have paid you, but with you know the rate, this is what you're gonna get. I'm thinking he might not have had too many other offers, and he wants to play baseball. He wants to get back in it. He's got to get. I think he want to play for a contender because exactly. You know, here we heard Miami, we heard Orioles, which Orioles makes sense because they have are missing two of their outfielders, and then they're also missing Trey. It was but like, it, it doesn't make sense if the Orioles don't think they can contend. Why yeah. go out and spend money on somebody if you're not gonna utilize it? Yeah, you know he bad two sixty seven last year, twenty four home runs, eighty four RBIs. So, not bad, but it's like, I wonder what he was asking for, why he didn't get enough contraction. Of course, other teams were interested in him. I think, like, White Sox, Rockies were interested in him back in February. So, but Braves came in and got another player. Yeah, I mean, great arm. Great arm. He can also even play DH. He could. Absolutely. 
but he's got to prove that he can still hit. 269 or 267, that's not going to get it done as DH. Yeah, definitely But not. it could be in the National League, because I saw earlier today on uh, MLB Tonight or whatever this morning it was, they were talking about the disadvantages. They were saying basically from uh, first base to shortstop or something like that, that distance is how much better the AL is over the NL and, and um, DHs or something. But they also noted that the Mets – are one of the teams that have a good spot for a DH with Cespedes. Yeah, well, I was getting to the what ML teams, NL teams have the best DH option. There you go. So the first one is definitely the Dodgers. Obviously. Because how much talent they have, it's always been that who's going to play when. Like, okay, much he's going to play here. No, he's going to play here today. And I was like, now you have an extra slot where you put a pitcher. Instead of a pitcher, you have a hitter. Exactly. So you don't have to care too much about who's playing on the field. As long as the person's getting their at-bats, they'll be okay. Yeah, so... um Hernandez is roughly going to be the projected DH, but of course, like we said, with Chris Taylor, um, AJ Pollock, Jock Peterson, Mookie Betts, there's going to be a rotation in the outfield, so someone's going to have to get a bat here and there. Yeah. Uh, the next team, definitely the Nationals, as we saw last year in the World Series, is Howie Kendrick. Right, and I thought the Nationals would have been even stronger with Zimmerman as a DH as well, but yeah. he's not playing this year, so that's not an option. Uh, but they still have talent. That yeah, because you from. think Eric. Um, th- uh, Thymes, Starlin Castro, Zimmerman would have been, Caprera. So you had options, but, you know, with Howie Kendrick did in that DH position when he it was in Houston. Yeah. So he's definitely still has at the bat to do it. So it's definitely a good chance with him. And then Reds. Reds. So before this season, when they signed Nick um, Castellanos, we're like, okay, they have four outfielders now. Exactly. What are they going to do? Like, who's going to be? And then now we have a DH, so most likely Jesse Winker is going to be the guy they believe is going to be the everyday, most of the day's DH. Okay. I mean, it's a good problem to have. I mean, beginning of the season, yes, you have a decision to make. Now, everybody can be happy because they they're going to get their best. Yeah, so the teams who had, like, problems, like, who's going to play this position this day? We're going to have to rotate. Now it's like, oh, we have a position where someone can hit. Exactly. So that one worked out for me. The next one also is our New York Mets. So before all this week, it looked like Don Smith was finally going to have a regular at-bat. Like, yeah. Okay, finally, he's going to have a chance and stuff. But this week has showed that apparently Cespedes is ready. And Cespedes ain't playing. I don't know if you got to see him taking BP, but Cespedes is out there raking. So it's like, and he because he's taking um, Seth Lugo, which are one of the best cl- uh, relievers, closers last year. Absolutely. Took him deep in a simulated game. Yeah. Um, and also, he's trying to play on the field. He's not trying to be a DH. Yeah. He's out here making behind-the-back catches. Like having fun. I'm like, okay, <laughs> Cespedes, are you 15 Cespedes? Right. So if that's the case, a lot of teams are probably scared if right now. If that's the case, I'm going to go get my lime green or yellow armband. Right. <laughs> so, but with also with Dom Smith, you have also J.D. Davis. They can rotate that left field. Cardinals, Matt Carpenter most likely will be the everyday DH. They have some other options they can do. Um with like Tommy Edmond at third base and Tyler O'Neill in the left field. Well, it's good to have more than one option because if the guy is getting in the cold streak, you got to get somebody else in there. Uh, the next one is the Cubs. They got most like everyone's thinking that Kyle Schwarber will be the DH. Yeah, I would assume do you so. Keep him in the outfield, or do you keep more DH? It's that question they got to figure out before the start of the season. And was, everyone thinks Schwarberg will be the DH. Right. And then he, he and then somebody needs a day off, he can fill in in the outfield. Yeah. And then now with the Braves, now we have, you know, Puig signing. Um, Azuna was most likely everyone's thinking that will be the DH. You know, one year deal. He had some decent numbers last year with the Cardinals. So now it's like, is it going to be Azuna and Puig rotating? Like, I don't think so, man. I think Azuna's still going to be the guy because Puig's got the arm. 
yeah. the arm that I would want. Yeah. I mean, if as long as he still got it, I mean, he's going to gun people out. That's what you need. You need somebody out there to make plays and assists. Yeah. Then you know because we they had with the signing of Zuna, they're like, okay, they have a top prospect ready to come up. Now you're adding Zuna, same thing. But like I said, Marquez now is left. Yep. That's probably where Puig has now slid in. So Rockies is next. Most likely DH, they believe it's going to be Daniel Murphy. And I would say the same, yes. Uh, I, I don't know if Murphy is the greatest at, at, in the field, field anymore. anymore. yeah. He can still hit. I don't know if he can crush for power, but he'll, he'll get the job done. Yeah, so. so And then Phillies, most likely everyone's believe it's going to be mostly Jay Bruce. Yeah, I mean, Jay Bruce has a perfect spot Because he's being blocked between, you know, Harper and then McCutcheon on the other side. Right, and, uh, well, hold on now. Yeah, well, who's their first baseman? Um... Hopkins. Um, oh, okay, Reese. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not okay. He's not taking over that. But so you're right. Jay is probably going to do mostly where if it's you know left left handed bat situation, he'll probably be that day. They'll probably switch. You know, they have other bats and something and rotate. So okay, well, even if it's not a lefty, he's still got to get some PT, some yeah. playing time because he's a guy you can't keep out of the oh, lineup. Yeah. So they'll figure it out. Oh, they definitely will. So that's ten teams. I like a lot of teams. Like it opens so much possibilities and in the future if this is become set, which a lot of people are hearing. This is going to change the game. What comes to contracts, like, yeah, man, it was funny because, like I said earlier, I was watching MLB Today or whatever it was, and uh, Al Leiter was up there and he was all upset about the DH because he's like, if I was a pitcher, I wouldn't want to face. I would want to face a pitcher. Of course you would because it's, it's easy an out. easy out. You're right. I mean, this unless you're fishing, you know, bulk armor, right, or somebody like that who can who can crush it, but. You know, like you said, man, I know a lot of people are against a lot of people for it. I was originally against it as well, but I see it. I see why. I see why it's a thing and why they're going toward it. And if they're trying to get more interesting and have more exciting ball games, you got to have another hitter in there. You can't have eight hitters and an out. Right. And because, you know, there's not enough pitchers that crush a, a bunt, you know, yeah. a, a maybe an easy out, strikeout real quick. Like, no one's interested. Like, okay, it's the pitcher. Who cares? Yeah. The, when the pitcher comes at the bat, it's like, all right, well, this inning's over. Let's go get some lunch or yeah. let's, something like that. Now you, know, you have another contender there. That changes the game for your leadoff batters, everybody yeah, else. Everything, the whole rotation. Because, you know, someone put up the Mets starting rotation, like, wow, it looks weird because then so-and-so can bat ninth now. <laughs> it's like, said so DH could be up there. It's like, exactly. this is a change of interesting. It, Opening days will be interesting, especially when, you know, when we see it, for example, opening night with the Nationals, where you see that pitcher spot number nine, it's like, oh, no, it's going to be someone else. Well, you did say it was an interleague game, though. They're playing well, in Nationals? They're maybe? at Nationals, okay. yeah. So Yeah, that's the only thing that I would miss is seeing the interleague games uh, where the AL pitchers have to hit. Yeah, <laughs> the word, I haven't done this since how long? Exactly. That's the, that's the part I would miss. So, but hey, we'll see. We'll have to get used to it if this is a thing. So, next thing is, you know, with 60 games, the limited schedule, records are, you know, not going to really be broken because, you know, home runs, you will worry about it and stuff like hits, strikeouts. But there's one record that we might be able to see is literally of someone batting over 400. Yeah, and I absolutely think that's obtainable. I mean, there's guys who finished the season last year batting damn near, what, 340 or something? I yeah. Mean, so... I had three players of mine. Okay. One is the AL batting title last year, Tim Anderson of the White Sox. He batted 335 last year. So he batted 359 in his final 258 at bats of the season. Okay. He could have easily, two, 10 more hits, he would have batted about 400. Okay. So, you know, smaller sample size, very interesting. McNeil of the Mets. Yes. Great hitter. Yes. He batted 344 in his first 32, 82 games of last season. At game 72, he exceeded the. 254 plate appearance threshold that marked was up to 351 he was batting. 
So definitely a strong possibility. You know, if he had 17 more hits by the, the 82 game that he hit, he would have been 400. So that's possible. And then the next one is Randy MVP, Cordy Bellinger, that was batting 404 until May 21st. Yeah, man. If, if, if anybody can do it, Cody Bellinger definitely can. I, I think... I, I think I like your I like your three to solid, but I think with such a short game, uh, it can be, really it can anyone. be anyone. Like yes, Mike Trout. Somebody, yeah, somebody who can get hot, who yeah. bats around three hundred, they can get hot for a little bit, and you never know, man. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if somebody we weren't thinking of came out all out of nowhere and said, "Hey, here's my four hundred season." You know, yeah. And of course, you know the closest has been Tony Gwynn, the ninety fourth shortened season. Others have gotten in the high three hundreds. So, but this one is going to be chance. We might have multiples. You never know. Exactly. Like, it could be that race, like, okay, the NL batting title is like, ooh, this is close, and it's almost 400. It could be very interesting. So, but the point record, you know, short and seeing, some people might put, you know, put an asterisk next to it. But still, it's a fact. It's going to be happening, just like anything else. Yeah, I mean, any, yeah, any kind of record like that that's broken with a shortened season, or probably somebody who's not going to. They're like, oh, well, he did it in 60 games. That's only a third of what you're normally playing or something. Yeah, so if we add what his average was right. know, plus the but, games. But the one thing I'm telling you out there, don't put an asterisk next to the champion because everybody has the same amount of games. You still have to get it done in this amount of time. So whoever wins this year, you earned it. Yeah, definitely. So it's going to be interesting to see. And yeah, what do you guys think? You guys think uh, we're going to have a guy hitting 400 this season? Let us know in the comments. Yeah. So next thing, I guess – What's gonna be like celebrating? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, you know, it's funny because you're talking about we were talking about quarantining and and separating the lockers and this and that. I was thinking, what happens when the Astros get hit so much that they're trying to fight now? Now, what happens? Are we gonna clear the benches? Yeah. I don't know. So, yes, yeah, so what happens with celebrating? Gonna be a lot of air fives. Like so, like no fans. You can't like pump up the noise at your home stadium. Somebody's gonna be pumping up the noise. I thought I saw something earlier. Uh, I don't know if it's the Twins or somebody. Some of these stadiums are gonna be pumping crowd noise in there during the game. It wouldn't surprise me. And then it's like. So, what's going to be the moments like home runs, walk offs? Um, I I don't know, man. I think you get a lot of cheers from the dugout. Maybe some bat flips. That's it. Could there get, could the games from KBO start some bat flip movement? I hope so, because I really enjoyed the bat flips in the KBO, as you guys seen in our previous video. Um, <laughs> shameless plug right there. But I do think that they should do something exciting. Because what else are you going to do? Oh, I hit a home run. Cool, run around like you've been there before. No, because you don't have anybody in there yeah. hyping you up. You got to hype yourself up. The teammates got to get into it. You got to throw the bat into center field. I don't know what you got to do. Yeah. There's room that some people are hearing that there are certain players planning like dances and stuff ah. to go on camera oh. so fans can watch at home. Hold like, on, celebrate. hold on. You know, this sounds like basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we're going to do? <laughs> so, yeah, they said it could be some, some dances. And okay. then you, know, you think of something, yeah, they have 10, ga- 10 days before games start. So I think the most interesting thing will be this weekend, like we said, the Yankees and Mets, you know, scrimmage game is to watch if something happens, like a home run. <sighs> they're not. Uh, yeah, I think they're, they're going to save it for the real season. I don't know if they're going to do it for yeah. a scrimmage. I just want to like how like what's going to sound like, because, you know, mostly if you watch the KBO games, it's mostly the commentators just talking through the and whole thing. And that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking when they hit a home run, this might sound like a golf golf hit. Yeah. They're like, oh, like we see hit the highlights, and, you know, the right. scrimmage are like, okay. The funniest thing was – Luis uh, Roberts from the White Sox. You see his home run the other day? I don't think I did. So he hit a home run and then fell down, tripped over himself at home plate, and and then looked up and realized it went out. (laughs) I was like, welcome Uh, to the MLB. 
to the majors, bro. <laughs> I don't think we'll see too much of that, but um, I, you're right. If they do some funny dancing or some shenanigans, that'll be bringing the fun back to baseball. I think because what they did one simulation, I think I saw it was the Cubs. He ran, of course, ran down the dugout like. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Like, come on. Like, what else can you do with it? Yeah, but that'll only be so fun for like the first, you know, a couple of weeks. Then the guys aren't going to be celebrating like that every home run. Yeah. They could, but um, I think. They'll make gestures like when Mets did the salt grinder. Like, they'll do something. Yeah, there you like, go. Something yeah. to entertain themselves. That's, to, you what, know. that's exactly what we should do. So, and speaking of Mets. It finally has started the purchasing or the bidding for to buy the Mets. Yeah, yeah. So First we actually have rounds. we actually have contenders. Um, one contender is is mysterious. Nobody we we don't know. It's a random person or random group that they're yeah. not disclosing at this moment. Yeah, some people hear this investment firms. Like some people are starting to hear. Uh, but the other ones we're hearing are the same players from before, but it's getting more interesting. Yeah. So. First round, there was five bidders, two unknown, and then three people we have known. Of course, the first one is the guy who was posted by the team in February and then fell apart, Steve Cohen. Yeah, and I still like him in the running. I mean, he's got the money. He's willing to pay more now. I think yeah. you say he's willing to pay $2 billion for the team and $2 billion for the uh, SNY? Yeah, so apparently he, he has the largest offer from the first round is $2 billion for the team, $2 billion for SNY, even though SNY is technically not for sale in the, in the deal. So, but he's willing to pay... $4 billion to acquire the Mets and I, the SNY. Right. And at this point, I cannot imagine anybody else offering much more than this guy's offering right now. Yeah. So the next group is Josh Harris, along, along with his principal partner, Blackstone executive David Blitzer, who owns the 76ers and the Blue, Blue Jersey Devils. Um, they're in it, their group. They're the next ones. Right. And if anybody can own a team and know what to do with it, somebody who already owns a team in a different sport, why not? Yeah. And then A-Rod's group. A-Rod's group has been getting very interesting lately. We've yeah. gotten some new players that have added on to his group. Yeah, so of course he was backed by Florida Panthers owner Vinny Vola and then Vitamin Water co-founder Mike Wappel. And their opening bid was $1.7 billion. But like you said, they have added players to their group. Right, and not all these guys have a lot of money, though. I mean, one of the guys that they've added is Mason Plumley. I mean, he's an NBA basketball player, but he's like a guy who's coming off the bench as a role player. Yeah. I mean, how much money does he have to invest? Yeah. So, you know, we have... Former players Brian Erlacher, DeMarco Murray, and Joe Thomas. Current Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey has joined the build. And like you said, NBA players Bradley Beal and then Mason Pumley. Kelsey commented that he said, this is a crazy opportunity. I had a chance to meet A-Rod a couple years ago. He told me how much a fan I was as a kid of him. I was thankful for the success that I've had in the NFL. So opportunity like this to come to my table, I couldn't think of a more unique set of people to change this. I, I agree. I absolutely agree with that statement. This this group is very unique, and I like it because they're all professionals, either past or current. And current <laughs> is – I wonder how that works. Can I mean, if you're a current player and owner, does that – is there some kind of like uh, I'm involved in this, and how, how can I be involved yeah. in that? I don't know. So I guess separate sports. You know, it's I weird. Guess. Like, so how much – you know. It's actually how much they're approaching the team with, and like, so how much Bendorty's stake. But, but based off of this, I'm thinking Kelsey, okay, what's his biggest contract? I'm not sure, $80 has, million dollars or something or think, less. Yeah, right, he doesn't have a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Mason Plumley, not a very big contract. Some of these other guys who Bleal retired. just signed his big contract. Erlach, yeah, Brian Erlacher. He's, he's had his money, but he, it wasn't a lot because yeah. he's, he's an older player. They weren't giving out these kind yeah. of contracts back then. So I'm just saying how they're much small, money are they? Probably. Exactly. How much are they bringing? And then, like you said, their first bid was 1.7. Well, guess what? Your guy over here, Cohen, has got four billion. That's a yeah. lot of billions to catch up to. Yeah. 
So, and then, like we said, there's two other unknown at the time of the first round. Well, today, second round bidding began with four other groups. So, of course, the main three that we talked about and one unknown. Mm-hmm. The investment bank, Allen & Company, who's overseeing the sales process, informed the groups of their status with the sale and also told them to submit their next round of bids and do not include a bid for SNY is not part of the deal. No information at this time on how much was offered in the second round. So it's, but I'm going to say, like, the report was the, um, a couple days ago I heard was, what is it, um, that Conan is most likely the favorite. He has the money. Yeah, he has to be the favorite. And the report is that if he gets a team, he's going to moneyball the hell out of it. And I, I got scared for a second. <laughs> I'm like, moneyball? You're showing me you're cheap. No. If the, the player can help the team by statistics, he will pay whatever it is to get him on that team. So we're following the Yankees' uh, game plan. Kind of. He's ready to spin, apparently. He wants to win. Well, look, man. I He's think finally going to make the Mets a big market team, like we've been saying for years. Should Right. Been. Right. That's fine with me. I mean, if the, if the Mets can get 27 rings, I think we'll be all right. <laughs> so, But then um, there's a report is that um, not Fred, I think Jeff Wolpon. Report is they they said Conan they patched it out they talked about it I think that's why the deal he offered four billion for both because he wants both, um but heard is Jeff is still a little sour that he actually would rather take a Rod's bid if it's close to the highest but it's not going to be close to the highest and even if it was you're leaving money on the table yeah I think with that coming out I bet Cohen raises it even more I don't I was know like, man oh it's close. I don't know, man. In this situation, it's probably not as close. He's probably wanting to seem close, so he wants Cohen to, to up the money. But I'm thinking right now, they're hurting for money. Everybody wants the Wilpons to sell the team. Not only that, uh, we are in a time when baseball is scarce, and, and we don't even know what's going to happen this year, and yeah. the money's not going to be right. So as, as far as I'm concerned, he can buy it at a discount. If I was him, I'd be like, oh, yeah, $4 billion, and you're talking this crap, but here goes $3.7. i am just saying, like yeah. he, he the, the ball's in his court. They, these guys need to stop playing games. And the biggest thing is, he has the money, like yeah. with all, like A Rod's group. Like, yes, they can probably put the money together, but who's going to pay for certain stuff when it happens? Exactly. Even if A Rod's group can get the money together, based on the people that he's added to this group, and based on what I think their pockets look like, if they buy the team, where's their where are their reserves at? What are they going to do? How are they going to spend? You know what I'm saying? You're right. That's exactly like, my, like my coming out of this. Issue. Who knows how much money they're going to lose? You have just enough to get the team. You have nothing on the back end to keep supporting it. Like, luckily, the stadium's new, so you don't have to worry about you know building a new stadium anytime soon. But certain stuff, well, going to have to happen. And then, who is in charge of that loan? Exactly. And not only that, um, we're talking about money now. So not only do you have a little bit of money, you're not going to get an SNY with this deal. So you're not going to get the rights to that that profit right there. Yeah. So before the whole coronavirus report is Mets were losing about fifty million a year. They can't support that. And that's that. with SNY. So you take SNY away, how much are they actually losing? Right. Because now you're relying solely on stuff that you can sell online at the store and people coming in concessions, buying tickets, buying this something at the at that. You got to get TV money. Yes, this is a, this has got to be common sense. And that's where you know Dodgers when they bought when that group bought them, they got the TV deal, a billion dollar TV deal. Right. You don't want exactly. You don't want to buy a team and leave something in the hands of somebody else you can't control. That does not make sense. Yeah. Cohen has the right idea. He wants everything Mets. He doesn't want to, uh, half the Mets and, and leave the TV deal out there. He's got to get it all because that's the only way it's going to make sense because he's he knows how he's going to fix this. Yeah, because I think if he has to wait it out, I think it's like five to ten years. S and Y deal. You can't do that. That's not. There's not. That's not a good way to do it. Go yeah. about it. Um, well, I think that's basically all the baseball news yeah. we have for now. But well, we do have 
Yeah. It, so the biggest interesting, you know, um, it happened Monday. The Washington Redskins announced that they're going to change the name. Exactly. So I mean, so this could be baseball related, but yes, the Redskins have finally announced that they're going to change money, and it's and it's hard to say, but it it came from his investors putting pressure on him. It didn't come from him wanting to change name at all. He was. No. I remember Dan Snyder no. a couple of years ago saying he's never changed no. the name, no yeah. matter what. But FedEx, the CEO FedEx, of that, Nike, Pepsi. they're they're a, a minority owner in the in the. They own the stadium deal, they right? And they paid. have the rights through twenty twenty seven of the yep. naming rights, I think. And they're saying, you know, they're putting pressure on Dan, so he's he's going to change the name of the Redskins. And the hard thing that the Redskins are running into is that there's a guy in Alexandria, Virginia, who's bought like forty different um, patents on names that the Redskins have to play with, and that includes the Red Tails, the Warriors, and everything else that the fans have been liking so far. Yeah, it's he's trying to get paid, and it's smart. I, I'm not mad about him. I'm not mad at it, all. It probably he probably spent probably a couple thousand buying all the trademarks up, and, and probably gonna get a decent money. And you know what's funny is a couple years back when the Redskins were talking about changing the name, because this is not the first time this has happened. Uh, there was somebody, it might have been the same guy, but there was somebody buying the same thing. Yeah. He was buying the, the name rights just in case they decided to go with it. And this guy's smart. Not only is he buying the rights to the name, he's actually getting products with the names on it and selling it. So that way, in case they try to take him to court, he can say, look, I'm doing this. It's not like I'm just sitting on a name. I'm actually using it. So he's going to get paid. Yeah, he, they're negotiating whatever they decide the name um, I can't, will be. Unless they go with something straight off the wall, I can't imagine. Because the names that, he, that I saw that he has patented are pretty close to what you're going to guess that they're going to no, name them. They're going to be one of those names. Like he, he did it all. <laughs> he is probably going to get paid anywhere, hundreds of thousand dollars to a million dollars for one of those names. I'm sure he's going to get more than that. This is the name of your franchise forever, basically. Yeah. Think about the last one. last one lasted about 100 years. Mm-hmm. If you got 100 years in a name, this is your whole brand, this guy is going to get paid something fierce. Yeah. We're talking, I mean, we might not be talking about a Mahomes deal, but he's going to get something pretty solid. And they need to do it soon because, like you say, I think, two teams start training camp or start OTAs or something this weekend. So it's like, it's got to come out. We got to get jerseys, yeah. helmets, you know, everything's designed. I'm pretty sure the design's done. They probably already picked the name. It's now the trademark issue. Now they yeah. have to negotiate, get done. So with this, there's a question of should Braves and Indians follow the Redskins and change their name? Right. And I, and I know that the Braves have already said that they're not changing their nickname. No. They already said that it's, it's actually honoring um, yeah. somebody. I, I don't remember the whole story. Um, and, and the Tomahawk chalk, uh, Chop, you know, that was something that Deion Sanders actually brought and made fa- popular from his alma mater. Um, I don't think they're going to change the name. No. Uh, I don't think they should, to be honest, because think about it. Uh, well, even with the Redskins, Dan Snyder was trying to say that he, this was honoring somebody. And the guy who... Uh, who was related to the person who actually drew the logo yes. was upset that they're changing it as well. Yeah. But t- in today's day and age, everybody in America seems to be uh, easily offended. Um, it's sad, but it's true. Cause if you go into other countries, they're not going to care about you at all. They're not going to care yeah. about your feelings. Uh, but here it seems to be a big deal. Yeah. I didn't really <laughs> until I don't know how long ago when F they said, some people were saying it was racist. I'm like, I've never heard anyone call someone a red skin. And you think you think about it, it's gotta be years. And like, you know, Years and years ago, and they're like, "Oh, it's race." Like, I don't really feel, but if someone is, well, like, it's fine, right? Yeah. And, and all I'm saying though is, if you start changing the names, I, I get it. You know, it's happening to Redskins. That's fine, whatever. But if you start doing this, everybody's going to be offended by any name you choose. Think about it. If you if you're saying the Redskins are, are racist, then you want to change the Indians' names. Well, if you're changing the Indians' names, well, then that means everything Indian related—Blackhawks, Chiefs, whatever—they're yeah. going to have to change their names. And guess what? 
nobody's going to really remember the Indians except for what they get taught in school, and that's not that's going to be bare yeah. minimum. So there's going to be a forgotten thought because of this. Yeah, no, I, I think Redskins should be the only one. I understand it as a Redskins fan. It's going to be weird. I'm I, excited. I get, it. I get it. Especially if it's the name I want. <laughs> I want the Red Wolves. That'd be cool. I like the Red Tails, you know, with the Tuskegee Airmen. Um, the Warriors, I thought was going to be it since Dan at one point owned the trademark, but then he let it go because uh. he was about to use it for his arena team. Mm. So I thought, like, well, that's going to be the easiest. But then I found out he let it go. I was like, okay, well, then it's back to square one. It's just the more, like, especially when players have been talking about the Red Wolves, how, like, you can call those stadium the Den. The defense can be called the Wolf Pack. Exactly. It's like, okay, this is getting interesting. So we'll see what happens. And I don't, like we said, Braves and Indians should do nothing. So, but like I said, yes, man, you, you let them change the name. Think about it. The Blue Devils, boom, you got to change the name. Any sports team name, you got to change it. And if you want to be a fierce competitor, your name says you're fierce. You yeah. keep changing it to make everybody happy, nobody offensive. We're not going to have good teams' names. No. We're going to be like the Washington Blue. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's, it's going to be nuts. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I don't think they should do anything. I think, like, if anything, like, I think Braves, they might go away with the Tomahawk Chalk, but. You know, that's not going to be an issue this year. There's going to be no fans. So I don't think that's going to change, man. If you're a Braves fan, I don't see how you, who, what else are you going to do, man. That is, that is intimidating yeah. alone. People come up there and you got the whole stadium doing that. It gets you excited. You get the goosebumps. That's good to have as a home team. Yeah. So, so that is it for this week's episode. So, like we said, we have our first exhibition games next week. Actually, this week with, you know, Yankees and Mets. There's probably others going on throughout the next week. And then, Next week, we're actually going to have to break down our picks, some awards, who we think might do this little wow, this short run. But it's going to be interesting when we break it down, who's going to win the division, playoffs, and who's going to be our, I don't know about early pick. It's going to be like who you think's gonna, who's the fastest to the who's, World Series. Who's going to run away with it, exactly. Because, God, like you said, the first two weeks, really no team has no time off. It's going to be th- Four series back to back. Whatever team can get in rhythm the quickest is going to make it happen. Yeah, and whoever's the healthiest. So, but yeah, we'll see y'all next time. See ya. All right, everyone. Thank you for checking out this episode. Please like, share, and subscribe to the channel. Share it with your friends. Don't hog the goodness here from Double A Sports with your friends. And if you want to take that step further, please click on that Patreon link that's in that YouTube, you know, description down there. We do monthly giveaways, gifts from us if you do different tiers, and you will get most likely everything we do here at Double Sports a day early, if not more. So please share that with your friends also. We'll catch you on next time. Peace. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. That's right. For the record, you ain't trying to grow any stuff for you. That's right. For the record, lab on me going all the way. All the way. For the record. Ain't trying to link no time to wish. Stop. 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 Stop.